Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening for you, the, the listeners of Foreign Policy Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for being the loyal listeners of this Foreign Policy Talks Podcast. Today, I'm humbled and also very happy to have um, Mong Palatino. Mong Palatino is, um, is a Filipino analyst uh, and also politician. He served for two terms in the House of Representatives in the Philippines, representing the youth sector. Mong is also a regular blogger and Global Voices regional editor for Southeast Asia and Oceania. He's also an active contributor for The Diplomat, an international magazine on international affairs or global affairs. Hi, Mong. How are you doing? Hello, Noto, and thank you for this invitation. And also, I'd like to greet your listeners. Right. Thank you so much. Hope you are safe in the Philippines. Well, we we are surviving the pandemic, but you know, uh, trying to pressure the government for better pandemic response. Nice. So Mong is recently writing about um, his president Rodrigo Duterte, who has just made a speech at the UN General Assembly in the US or in New York. So um, allow me to ask some questions about his speeches, Mong. And. Definitely, I'm sure listeners are like to know about Philippines foreign policy in general, and I think you're the right person to tell us about this. So my first question, Mong, uh, what is the focus of Duterte on his UNGA speech this year? We know that every leaders have different focus and priorities and statements every year. So how about him this year? Uh, thank you for the question. So this will be, or this was Duterte's last uh speech addressed to the UN because his term will end uh, in June next year. So he, during his speech, he tackled about the priorities of his government, but he also touched on issues uh, involving uh, several controversies up in his government, specifically his war on drugs and accusation that his government committed human rights. And uh, his speech was delivered at a time when the ICC or International Criminal Court recently issued an order for an official investigation regarding the drug-related killings in the Philippines. So it is understandable that Duterte touched on this issue with regard to his war on drugs, but he was silent about the ICC. But curiously, uh, during the first part of his speech, he presented himself as a leader of a developing country like the Philippines, tackling climate crisis, uh, complaining about the inequity in vaccine distribution, and about the so-called supposedly obsolete mechanisms in the UN. So these were his topics during his uh, UN speech. Wow, he covered a lot of important issues, and yeah, as many leaders are are conveying, and and the UNGA, it's it's, it's majorly about COVID nineteen, but you criticized his speech strongly as it sounded comical, if not tragic, due to the failure of the Filipino leader, uh, in this case Duterte, to walk his talk. What do you, why do you think so? Well, 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 he started his speech by complaining about the actions of the rich countries in hoarding vaccines. Mm. That is uh, 
um, an accurate assessment, and he was right to point that out. But at the same time, we all know here in the Philippines that his government was accused of smuggling vaccines when it was not yet uh, approved by our bureaucracy. And the vaccines were given to, to his security team and high-ranking uh, officials of his government. And then since 2020, up to the present, his government has been accused of bungling the pandemic response. His approach is to impose harsh lockdown, deploy the military and the police, instead of relying on medical response, instead of uh, implementing massive testing and contact tracing. So that's one point in my assessment that he was uh, hypocritical in his speech. The second issue that he talked about, the climate crisis, again, he was right in pointing out the role of rich nations about their accountability in reducing carbon emissions. He was right in pointing that out. But at the same time, uh, if you will review Duterte's environment uh, legacy, we will immediately point out that he reversed the ban on uh, mining applications. And then there was a recent global witness report naming the Philippines as the country in Asia with the highest number of environment-related killings because of uh, activists and environment defenders who were killed for opposing several projects approved by Duterte, which pose a, a threat to our environment. And so with these two main issues about the vaccine response and climate crisis, uh, we can say that uh, Duterte is uh, contradicting himself because he may be correct in his assessment about the actions of rich countries, but at the same time, his government can be accused of being a failure in these uh, uh, very important issues. Right. So there are many issues that you think it's hypercritical, but um, do, do you have anything on mind uh, on the biggest achievement of Philippines in the past one year that he also conveyed during the UNGA meeting? Well, what when I when I read his speech last year and his speech uh, this year, uh, what is consistent is that he he is refusing to take accountability mm. for the excesses of his war on drugs. Right. Uh, again, uh, when when mentioning about the war on drugs, his tactic last year was to accuse human rights groups of weaponizing human rights to defend criminals. Mm. And then his speech this year is to accuse other countries of interfering in the Philippines' domestic affairs. So uh, many news reports highlighted Duterte's pledge that uh, he will investigate uh, the police and, and other security forces accused of committing abuses in enforcing the war on drugs. That is a nice pledge, but you know Duterte has the has uh, enough time in the past uh, five years to investigate the police. But what Filipinos know is that every time there is uh, uh, an issue about 
police brutality or police abuse. Duterte is the first to defend the police. He is the first to uh, ward off criticism against the police. So I don't think Filipinos will believe that commitment that he made at the in the UN that he will investigate the police because otherwise there would be uh, mechanisms, there would be uh, response, uh, a resolution that will be presented to the public about uh, the investigation surrounding these issues. Right, interesting. But, you know, do you think that it's, I mean, quite normal for leaders that are giving speeches at the UNGA that some of the contents or the points that they said are contradictive with what they have domestically. I once wrote about President Jokowi uh, last year when after he was just, uh, you know, giving statement at the UNGA. And I quote it like as a blurry narrative because all of them are only narrative and it's not even um, result in a real implementation domestically. But uh, do you think, for example, I just want to pick up a very interesting issue that you, you, you said about drug policy. What's your take on his anti-drugs policy so far? Has it been effectively tackling the drug issue despite so many issues around? Let, let me first address your uh, early, earlier remark about leaders being inconsistent with their speeches. Right. I think, I think they, are, they were trying to, uh, they were not trying, they were deliberately lying because they thought they could get away with it. Hmm. Because they assumed that the international audience, including uh, leaders in the UN, will have little or no uh, not knowledge of the local context. And so they delivered these speeches containing uh, lies and half-truths. So maybe it's time that uh, there should be an immediate fact-checking uh, mechanism at the UN to make these uh, leaders accountable. With regard to the second part of your question about my thoughts on the drug war, when he launched this campaign in 2016, many were supporting him. But we were expecting that he will tackle the drug problem as a public health issue. But from the start, he, he, he dealt with the problem as if it is a, a public order issue requiring drastic military solution. And so he enforced the notorious and brutal war on drugs. And because of Duterte's uh, uh, aggressive approach in this campaign and because of his refusal to make the police accountable, uh, the culture of impunity worsened. And you know, it is, uh, uh, it, it is already a fact that the Duterte's war on drugs is a failure. And he, he was the first to admit that his war on drugs was a failure. He admitted it several times, yet his uh, approach has remained the same. So I think the Duterte model, the Duterte approach in dealing with the drug crisis uh, should be rejected and it should be exposed to the world as nothing but uh, a brutal policy that led to thousands of killings 
that led to uh, human rights abuses and worsened the culture of impunity in the Philippines. Right, very nice. So your assessment is basically a manifestation of your hope for leaders uh, everywhere in this world, particularly in the, in the Philippines, that they, they are giving the truth, right? They are not lying in the international stage. It's very interesting. Uh, but Mong, um, I'm curious to know uh, your thoughts on the Philippine stance in the middle of the straining referee between Beijing and Washington. How do you assess Manila's position in this regard? Okay, so Duterte, uh, at the onset of his uh, administration, presented himself as a leader who will pursue an independent foreign policy. So he started by... Uh, Uh, accusing the U.S. of being uh, an aggressor. Uh, he invoked the crimes of the U.S. government committed against the Philippines. And then he, he, he didn't hide his close relations with Beijing. And Filipinos at the beginning welcomed this commitment that he will pursue an independent foreign policy. But later on, it was proven that it is not an independent foreign policy. On one hand, uh, it is a policy that is subservient to China. Duterte has refused to uh, take a strong action against uh, China's military buildup in the South China Sea or West Philippine Sea. That's, that's what we call it here. Uh, China's military... Maritime military build up uh, in the in these territories, uh, the violation of our sovereignty, uh, undermining the livelihood of our local fishers. Duterte was defending and continues to defend China, and he was uh, uh, in, he was remi reminding Filipinos about our. Uh, uh, our debt to China because of Chinese uh, donation, Chinese vaccine donation. But on the other hand, it is not accurate to say that Duterte has veered away from the United States. Duterte initially threatened to uh, reject our visiting forces agreement with the U.S. But in the end, he affirmed it. And so the U.S. continues to have a military presence in the Philippines. Military exercises are still being held. So uh, this disappointed many Filipinos who were hoping that Duterte will once and for all uh, review this basing agreement and this military agreement that allows the U.S. to build facilities in our islands. So I think he will... Uh, end his term next year uh, with his uh, foreign policy being a subject of uh, ridicule and uh, outrage among Filipinos because of, uh, its, of its subservience to these uh, foreign powers. Right, interesting. So follow up your statement uh, earlier. What's your outlook? Sorry, um, we know that Duterte just announced that he will exit politics. 
But in terms of foreign policy, uh, what would be his most important legacy uh, in, in, in your view? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, no one is believing here in the Philippines that he will retire from politics. Oh. He made the same announcement in 2015 that he will retire from politics. And a year later, he became our president. Mm. That is just an election tactic uh, in order to attract attention, distract his opponents. Uh, and even if he will uh, end his term, uh, he has created a political dynasty that allows his uh, children to continue uh, promoting his brand of politics either in Davao or in the Philippines. Uh, with regard to your question about Duterte's uh, legacy in terms of uh, foreign policy, I think uh, historians and scholars will uh, uh, be harsh in uh, reviewing his uh, foreign policy because it meant uh, the surrender of our sovereignty uh, to China in exchange of uh, big uh, loans and investments which, by the way, are being questioned by economists because uh, they contain so many provisions laps uh, lopsidedly in favor of China. Uh, Duterte had this chance of proving that he can be different from his predecessors by uh, pursuing an independent foreign policy, but he didn't take any concrete step uh, to make this a reality. He simply... Uh, I pivoted closer to Beijing while at the same time accommodating the and continuing the Philippines' close relations with the U.S. Right. So what's your expectation for your new leader uh, next year? Uh, do you expect for a very contrasting foreign policy directions for the Philippines? For the Philippines? Uh, thank you, Noto, for that question. And it's very timely because uh, October is... Uh, the time when candidates file their certificate of candidacies. And many have already filed. Several candidates have already filed their candidacies. Right. And what is common among these candidates is that they are presenting themselves as a healing president. A president uh, who will uh, heal the wounds left by the Duterte government. So it reflects uh, the bad legacy of Duterte. Uh, you have candidates promising to pursue reconciliation, promising to pursue justice, promising to pursue accountability. It's because Duterte uh, uh, was uh, Duterte's presidency is characterized by being brutal uh, to opponents, and then there you have this uh, pandemic uh, situation where the government relied on harsh lockdowns instead of uh, prioritizing medical response. So if the opposition will win, I hope, uh, uh, I and I think it will be easy for them <laughs> to, be, to prove that they are different from Duterte by simply reversing what Duterte did in our country. Right, so many expectations for the new leader of the Philippines. And hopefully you and your work can also contribute for the betterment of the Philippines. And definitely thank you so much for your assessment. 
to to his speeches at the UNGA and and it helps us to understand and the foreign policy directions of the Philippines under the Duterte's leadership. Thank you so much, Mong, once again. Thank you, Noto, for the invitation. Mabuhay. Mabu- mabuhay, is it how to reply? <laughs> right, yes. so uh, hopefully can talk with you again next year after the election. But uh, anyway, please stay safe. Goodbye. Yes. Thank you. Bye.